Welcome to episode 14 of Dead Letter Radio. I'm your host as always, Taze, and this is Your Words, your podcast as always, featuring uh, your poetry, short stories, letters, everything in between. I just give it a platform to share with the world. You know, I've been agonizing for a while, figuring out what I want to do for an opening, and then I realized that in my art for the podcast, I have it right there. So I can start using that. Let me know what you think. But before we get started in this episode, I wanted to talk about a few things. This is actually the most structured intro and outro I'm going to have, or I've had so far. Even then, I'm still kind of winging it, because it's just talking points. But first... Well, stay to the end of the episode. I have a really great message from Infinity Books, which is uh, the only, as far as I know, independent bookstore, English bookstore, excuse me, in Japan. And I have a message from them that I think if you're interested in books and independent bookstores, you really want to stick around and listen to. And along with that, if you've reached out to me in the last week or so, and I've been slow to respond, I want to thank you for everyone's patience. Um... During the week, I took the second dose of the COVID vaccine as my job, taking care of a family member, um, allowed me to, and I wanted to take advantage of that uh, so I don't, you know, I can minimize my risk of affecting um, someone close to me, obviously. And so I went about and did that. The first time I took it, I had mild symptoms afterwards, uh, just usually just being a little bit tired. Um, but the second one, at least for me personally, was a bit of a doozy. Um, but in line with what others talked about their experience was for the most part. Um, so when I took it, or when I got it, I had minor headaches, um, exhaustion, obviously my arm was sore, and then I had a mild fever as well. And I, I should say actually minor, it was very slight. So I spent the next two days basically just resting up afterwards until I kind of felt 100% again. Um, so thank you for your patience. With that, I am A-OK now, and as I said, it was kind of in line with when I was reading other people's experiences about it, too, that some didn't get any kind of symptoms, some got very minor, some got kind of ones where they needed to rest a bit afterwards to get back on their feet. And before we jump right in, um, for this first piece, I want to bring out how it's a great reminder for why I started this podcast, as always, as one of my main goals was to give um, writers, especially new writers who would be uh, a bit more nervous and hesitant in sharing their work, a platform uh, for them. And this uh, first piece is actually from a newer writer who is stepping into the world of poetry. And so um, I think you guys will really enjoy it. I enjoyed it and it really caught my eye when I first read it. This is a piece by I Am Clumsy and it is titled Nintendo DS. You love to play with my feelings, just like the Nintendo DS from our childhood. It was all you did, all you knew. But now, just like that DS, I am forgotten, only lost somewhere, collecting dust. So thank you, I Am Clumsy, for sharing this piece. What I really liked about it when I first was able to read it was that, juxt- that juxtaposition, that clash of... The Nintendo DS is obviously such an innocent uh, childhood uh, device, you know. It's a Nintendo game system. I have had one, um, had multiple, I should actually say. 
playing Animal Crossing and Pokemon and all those games on it and such. I like the poem brings out too, without any negative feelings. Yeah, eventually they ended up in a corner somewhere collecting dust, and I think I know where mine is collecting dust right now. But then to liken that to how someone maybe has treated your feelings or treated you. You are almost just like this childhood toy, where eventually, even though maybe as the poem brings out, uh, they loved to play with your feelings, that they gave you all this attention, and then suddenly one day, you are forgotten, left somewhere to them to, to collect dust. And so what I really enjoyed, as I said, I'm clumsy, I love that contrast in this. Because I think it is a piece that we all can relate to, at least in my generation. Um, because the majority of people, at least I've, that I've known, have had a Nintendo DS. Or at the very least, have had a toy that was all the rage for them, maybe personally. And then one day, it's not anymore. And then to feel like that item to someone else is a heartbreaking feeling and realization but we all have kind of gone through in some degree. So thank you for sharing. I am clumsy. And, you know, I know that you said you're a newer writer. Keep up the good work, really. Uh, keep writing. Keep sharing your thoughts. Um, because your creative outlook on the world is uni is uniquely yours. And no one can copy that. This next one is by J.Y. Uh, Ferempon. And this is actually from their book titled My Name is What You Want It to Be. And it is called Outcomes. And that little things are the foundations of lifelong events. That a common friend request sent to a random person on Facebook could determine meeting the love of my life. And that the decision to delay meeting a friend would determine your father meeting your mother. And that determined your birth. We think of life as a planned story as planting a seed onto the ground and harvesting maize a few months later. But history is written by ordinary things, like the polythene that flew in the air, by the bus conductor who insulted you dizzily and, because of that, you boarded another car. Like the computer algorithm that decided to give you room 356. Like that handsome man in the black dress who came to your house, and because of him, Three generations became Christians. And when heartbreaks happen, and when separation happen, we need to re-examine the ordinary things, like the calls you didn't pick, like the advice you took to go to the party, like the road you crossed that led to the accident, like the noodles you ate that led to stomach ache and death. These little things are the backbone of big stories we often ignore. So thank you, JY, for sharing this poem with me and letting me read your uh, book, My Name is What You Want It to Be. If you guys are interested and like this poem, definitely check it out. But the reason this poem specifically caught my eye and I really liked it is I've always been fascinated about where we end up in life and why. How they, maybe the unimportant things that we overlook every day cascade into a an outcome we can never see coming um, that has a, do a domino effect on our life and you bring that out in multitudes away of sending a friend request to a random person 
somehow resulting in you meeting the love of your life, of how delaying meeting a friend determined how that love's uh, father meets uh, their mother, and that determined that person's specific birth. How a visit uh, from a religious man resulted in three generations becoming Christians, or as sadly as how noodles you ate led to stomach ache and death. Life, as I've recently begun thinking more and more about it, is just little moments stacked on top of one another, eventually building up to these things that we consider the highlights or the, uh, the negatives, the heavy things. But they all started with these little bits that kept stacking, stacking, that they could only uniquely stack in our situation, in our circumstances. And so I thought you really highlighted this greatly, especially with your line, these little things are the backbone of big stories we often ignore. And ultimately, it could be really helpful to re-examine these little ordinary moments. So thank you, JY, for sharing this piece. By Carrie Berry on Reddit, this piece is titled, Separation. When I come in from the cold, the fog on my glasses turns our familiar kitchen into alien territory, where I don't recognize any safe landmarks. I never know if I should just wait, motionless and breathless, for my glasses to clear again or move forward and risk knocking a shin or an elbow on a once amicable corner or breaking your cherished mug. Thank you, Carrie Berry, for sharing uh, this beautiful uh, poem that that can highlight our confusion. You liken it to obviously coming in fog glasses and being unsure what to do because even though it's someplace familiar, it can feel completely alien. And we can find that way even in life for our relationships with people, even people we've known for many years, or we could say that we are closest to. There's those moments sometimes where you don't know which direction to go, where you stand. If you do something, what would be the result? Will it be negative or positive? I mean, I even experience this with friends sometimes where you can say, yeah, this person is your childhood friend, but you find yourself suddenly at a moment where it's almost like an awkwardness that dawns upon you. And even though it should be familiar, should be home, you're scared to make a move because where it's all feels so uniquely foreign all of a sudden. We discuss a little bit about the meaning of this poem and how some of it uh, tackles those kind of ideas. Um, but I really liked it just because you can read it just as this unique experience that some of us may have gone through, especially those who have glasses. But ultimately, I think it really does do a great job capturing uncertainty. By Six Feet Underneath on Instagram, this next piece is titled, Love in the Garden. If I let you entangle my body with your being, if I let these vines grow on my feelings, would it give you some sort of meaning if I held you back? 
If I gave you myself, would it make you feel whole, even for a short while, even just a little bit? Does it really matter? Because I already have, as your embrace eclipses the glow of the sun, the faint light that I had was all but gone. I bring you up, you bring me down. I helped you thrive, you let me drown on your own sorrow. I was hollow, thinking that maybe, just maybe, tomorrow would be different. But my branches were not made to hold forever, nor could it bear the stings of your poisonous sins. And it seems that your dread has left ruptures in my heart, and to learn that these cracks was something you desired from the start breaks me. My heart may wither, the warmth may fade, but my soul will remain intertwined with your whole being. I will hold you, you will hold me, an iris of blue, a poison ivy. Thank you, Six Feet Underneath, for sharing this beautifully tragic poem. I do want to include a quote from them about uh, some of the meaning of this. As I said before, I usually like everyone to be able to draw their own conclusions by poetry, but I do ask most of the writers what was their inspiration for their piece. And I wanted to include um, part of their quote that they sent me about their inspiration because I feel like it's a tough lesson to learn in life. And so they say when it comes down to the uh, meaning of this piece, it's about loving and giving yourself to someone and foolishly believing that some way, somehow you could ease a little bit of their suffering by making yourself a place where they could be comfortable and maybe be at peace. They bring out as well that the giving of yourself can also leave you feeling lost and empty, and that if that person leaves, it can be daunting, but also that you may live in them it can be also kind of comforting. And so I just, I guess I really wanted to highlight that, their intention behind this piece, because it is easy, even the drive of when we feel we love someone, to give them our all, and if they're going through um, difficult times that is deeply entrenched in them, uh, pain that is not shallow in the least, we want to help carry that burden. Um, but sometimes we're not able to. Sometimes we can't. We're still people just like they are, and we still have our limitations, and it's okay to acknowledge that. And yes, in the quote, they say foolishly believing that some way, somehow, you could ease a little bit of their suffering. And and I, how I take that is, you can help people that you care about. You can be a shoulder for them to lean on. You can help them face their demons. But at the end of the day, they're the ones that have to conquer their troubles. You cannot shoulder it all on your own. You can be a helping hand, but you are not the cure either. You can help show them the right way or the right path, but you cannot lose yourself in that because you still need to take care of you. So I just really like this piece and message behind it 
um, because how easy it is to get sucked into love and is sucked into someone else's demons in life and yes be there to support the ones you care about but don't neglect yourself and know that sometimes it's okay if you can't carry the weight of their world we are all only human so thank you uh, six feet underneath i really appreciated and enjoyed this piece and your intent behind it this next one is by Joseph Oliver, and you can find them on Instagram uh, called Poems by Joseph Oliver. And this piece is titled, I Join the Army Hoping to Die. Bewitched by thoughts of conclusion and poisoned by feelings of desolation, I paced markedly upon the concrete, drawing inspiration from the stone to make a plan as unyielding as the institutions which birthed it, and clipped wing and made men prisoner. I could build my own narrow road and construct upon it a dead end at the point of my choosing. Perhaps intoxicated with this autonomy, I was jolted by routine cellular chime which made me woefully aware of my lack of isolation, and confidence receded into sobering realization. Frustrated by these shackles and chains, I was left vexed by ruminations of ways to leave them blameless. For even self-inflicted end produces guilt in those capable of interfering with its creation, and tethers do not evaporate when severed. I was left distraught, discouraged, defeated until I caught it in the corner of my eye. Stuck underneath metal receptacle such so that wind did not inject the immovable object, but instead left it flapping in the breeze like cloth on the back of an operatic hero, as if playfully placed by the forces that govern. My manifest destiny beckoned me forward, a prophetic piece of printed propaganda enticed me with words and images of glorious, epic, and honorable combat. I was left entranced with visions and concepts, so euphoric and beautiful in their finality. Was there ever such an attractive word as casualty? In that instant hypnotized, I imagined a precarious metal plate accidentally triggered giving way to a spectacular and dazzling late show, or perhaps a shimmering silver slug soaring gracefully in piercing pearly dome. But I'd be hoisted like a king in my wooden box through a circus of mourning onlookers, giving flowers and labeling me hero, ignorant to my selfish intent. Maybe even children would clap, and cheer in rapturous glee at my transmutation into a crimson firework. And so, I joined the army, hoping to die. So thank you, Joseph Oliver, for sharing this, in my eyes at least, very unique look into this person's mind. It's a poem, yes, but it has... A very narrative structure to me of giving this mindset and thinking of this person and I think you just hit so many interesting beats in it that really drew me into it 
I really, I guess I'm trying to say if it's liked the right word, but I appreciate it, I guess is the best way to put it. Thoughts of suicide and suicidal ideation and wanting to choose your own end by your own means and your own hands, but then to be brought back to the reality that these, even though it might be as simple as a text or a phone call, someone checking up on you, that you are connected to other people. And you bring that out too, I think, in such a nice way that for even self-inflicted end produces guilt in those capable of interfering with its creation. And tethers do not evaporate when severed. If people believe that they could have stopped uh, you from taking your own life, you couldn't change that guilt that they might have felt, even though it might have nothing to do with them. And then you bring us through the narrator's mindset of unsure what to do until they see this flyer and join, inviting them to join the army and for them to imagine the glorious and different ways that they may die, that it will leave everyone guiltless, that people will view them as a hero. And whether it's from a landmine or a bullet, there's a chance they will be viewed as a casualty heroic though in nature that clapping and rapturous glees uh, would surround them as they were turned into a crimson firework on the battlefield and so I think this is just a very unique piece of poetry for the narrator to be suicidal and then choose a means hoping to die joining the military for no other reason but to hopefully leave others that are connected to them blameless and guiltless and maybe even being praised even though ultimately they're just looking for a way to end their life so thank you as i said once again uh joseph for sharing this piece i really enjoyed or appreciated narrative behind it so that is the last piece for this episode and as mentioned at the start, um, I did have a message from Infinity Books I want to share. But first, thank you for everyone who has submitted and shared and been willing to work with me this week. I always appreciate it and I always enjoy and feel honored that uh, you allow me to read your work. You allow me to share it. And you don't know me. <laughs> um, but these words that might be really personal to you, you do... Uh, give me the honor and dignity to read them, to talk about them, what they make me think about, and, as I said, to share it with the world. So thank you, as always. If you enjoyed any of these pieces, you can find uh, the author, if they let that information be known, in the description of each episode. As mentioned, a um, message from Infinity Books. So they are a local independent English bookstore in Japan, and they're going through a hard time as a lot of smaller businesses have been due to the impact of COVID and the pandemic. And so I reached out to them, wondering how I could help in any way. And they said a way I can do that is really just to pass on the message that they said on Twitter. So I'll do that right now. 
Hi everyone, I just want you all to know Infinity Books, the truly last independent used English bookshop in Japan, is still open by the skin of our teeth. Our bricks and mortar shop is still here, as is our online site, but we are asking you all to put the word out. The reason being is our walk-ins from tourists, events, and English lessons that primarily funded the service of keeping the whole bookshop side open is not able to support this anymore, so we are asking you for your help. And so I really wanted to share the word. As I said, I think it's really cool that there are uh, supposedly the last independent used English bookshop in Japan. And if you enjoy books, poetry, fiction, nonfiction, what have you, um, independent bookstores are just a really, I think, cool thing for a while. For a while, and part of me still does. I always wanted to open up a bookstore. It's just, you know, all these different worlds and pages and the smell of it and everything. It's just, I think it's a really cool, nice uh homey, comforting, cozy place, I guess. I was trying to figure out the right words. Um, and so I think it's really cool what they're doing, especially it being a used bookshop um, in Japan, and that's English, and it looks like they you know, also help do language classes and things like that. So if you want to support them, you can always check them out on Twitter. It's Infinity Book, um, and that's on Twitter, and you can spread the word. If you have the means to, to help financially a little bit, um, you can check them out on infinitybooksjapan.com, and there you can look through what they have for inventory, and you can order a book. I believe they can ship to the U.S. and other places, though COVID might make it a little bit slower than usual. Um, but they have a plethora of used books of all sorts, so you can take a look. As when it catches your eyes, uh, you can look into ordering it from them, and that will also help them out. But if you don't have the means to or for whatever reason can't order, you can also always just share their message uh, for those who may be interested in purchasing a used book and helping out this independent bookstore. So once again, that's Infinity Book on Twitter, and their site is infinitybooksjapan.com, and I'll put that on, in the description as well for the episode. To wrap things up, as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, um, spread the word. Let other people that are writers know about it so they can get their work featured. Um, or if people who enjoy poetry or just hearing short stories, poetry, letters, written work from other people. I think it's a great way to, as I always say, to get a unique uh, creative outlook of the world from people's different perspectives. And, you know, I might encourage some people who are newer writers and just putting their toes into... Uh, writing poetry or short stories or what have you might give them the courage to start sharing because that usually is one of the scariest steps to do. And I try to leave this as safe as a place as possible for people to have their work shared uh, with everyone. And if you enjoyed it and have a minute or two, I would greatly appreciate it if you can leave a review. Um, I know that not all podcast sites allow you to do so, but I know uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, uh, you can leave a review. And that would actually really help me out, too, because that at least allows the podcast to get um, more exposure. And that means more writers that would want to share their work will have the chance to. And it can grow, and we can get more great poems and short stories and letters and the like. Just more great and awesome writings um, from people all, all over the world. So that's all I got. <laughs> we got through it. Um, and I, once again, just want to say thank you so much for listening. As always, this is Taze with Dead Letter Radio, and I'm wishing you all safe travels. <laughs>